Suzanne Fox. I am co-founder of the Yellow Tour Project and director of global initiatives. My name is Julia Hansen, and I, along with my mom, am the co-founder of the Yellow Tour Project. So what inspired both of you to create the project? The Yellow Tulip Project um, definitely stems from a lot of pain and hardship. About eight years ago now, during my sophomore year of high school, um, I was experiencing my own levels of mental health challenges and simultaneously lost two of my closest friends to suicide within a six-month period. Um, and because of that, I was one in a very sad and dark place and two knew that something needed to change um, immediately in order for myself to feel comfortable getting the help that I needed and also to stop losing loved ones to suicide. So because of this, um, we had an idea in order to help destigmatize mental illness, try to bring hope and light to people's lives and help people understand it's okay to not be okay. It's nothing. There's, it's a sign of strength, not of weakness, asking for help. Um, so we created the El Tula Project mainly just as a symbol of hope and help for people to come together to collectively heal um, and to collectively begin to talk about the elephant in the room, which is mental illness. Since the statistics of mental health are so high, we push this topic under the rug um, still. And with the, with the numbers so high, we're trying to bring it out from under the rug into the light um, and be able to talk about it like any physical ailment we might be experiencing. Could you uh, tell me a little bit uh, about the foundation? Overall, it's very youth-centric organization. Um, for me, speaking personally, my mental health struggles began in middle school and really became um, very prevalent in my high school years. So it's aimed at Initially, the goal was aimed at normalizing the conversation um, for teens to be able to talk about it comfortably and get the help that they need. And since then, it's definitely trickled down to elementary and trickled up to older people and veterans, um, which is which is really inspiring and beautiful and also showing that mental health and mental illness does not just touch a certain demographic or a certain age group. It's something that affects us all throughout our lives. And therefore, we all need um help and help and a safe space to be able to address it. Yeah, but the organization, we have a few main goals and a few main projects. I would say our overall mission is to, like I said, destigmatize the topic around mental health and help people understand it's okay to not be okay. Um, in the fall, we come together as a community with speakers, poetry, music, art, um, to plant hope gardens, hope gardens, and it's usually a ceremony of um, coming together collectively, showing that we're not alone, it's okay to not be okay, um, and getting our hands physically dirty into the ground to plant yellow tulip bulbs. Um, and something that's beautiful about tulips is that, one, they actually need a cold, dark winter in order to bloom in the spring. And for me, that's a metaphor for my depression, that no matter how cold and dark times might be, um, hope is there and I can still bloom as well. And then another thing about bulbs is they actually bloom best when planted together. So the community act of coming together to plant them is showing that to collectively we can grow um, stronger together. So in the spring, we gather again to welcome the tulip bulbs when they've bloomed, um, which is a beautiful event that incorporates physical health of coming together to plant and then just emotional community health of being able to be together, recognizing um, that this is something we want to talk about. Mom, I'm going to pass it to you to tell a little bit more. Yeah, sure. I mean, Mike, uh, 
never in a million years when Julia and I started the Yellow Toe Project eight years ago, we didn't have a strategic plan. We just were like, we knew we needed to do something. And um, I stepped down as executive director in July, in June of this past summer and watching this spread all across the country to schools, to communities, this message. In some ways, what we do is really, really simple, but it's all about community and connections and action. And there's a lot of people are talking about mental health, but what are you doing about it? So what we do is super simple beyond the hope gardens and planting that Julia mentioned, our tagline is smash the stigma. And what does that mean and how do you do it? So the other thing that we added in are these, we're really passionate about photography, art and community building. And so we've created these really powerful photo exhibits that are public art that challenge perceptions of what mental illness looks like. One is called I Am More Facing Stigma. It's on display at Logan Airport. It's traveling to communities all across the country. And the newest one is called Young Men Moving Mountains because we have amazing youth ambassadors all over the country who are involved bringing our message to where they are but so many of them are young women and where are the men and we want men to feel safe and we want men's voices to be heard because men also carry another layer of just toxic masculinity and just things that, that are make their experience a little bit unique. So um, we're just really excited and proud of the gardens, the community base and the youth action and storytelling and, and photography. So that's kind of a nutshell, but there's a lot of kind of, easy to access projects that are just there for people to step into. I know for me, I live with uh, bipolar disorder too, and I only was diagnosed about four years ago. And it took me a little bit to tell my own story. And, it, you know, it changed my life telling my own story. But have you seen teens more open to be telling their story? I think, um, well, first of all, thank you for sharing that about yourself as well. Um, I feel like it does take one person opening up to create this ripple effect of other people being able to feel safe sharing their story as well. So on that topic, um, I think we've noticed that when we are able to create the conversation, one person opening up and sharing their story creates a safe, vulnerable space for others to do the same. Um, so I definitely feel that I've noticed in the eight years that we've been doing this more and more young people and people as a whole feeling comfortable opening up and sharing their stories and finding connection with others because of their, our shared experiences. Um, and both in school settings and in these photography exhibits, we also do host a storytelling alchemy course where we're teaching people how to weave their stories of hardship and real life experiences into, into gold and into an ability to be able to bravely share our story to help other people feel safe to do the same with theirs. Um, and this has been a really awesome opportunity to help people um, reclaim their hardships and their real life experiences. Um, so through that also, I think we've been able to see a lot of young people feeling open and sharing their stories. But even me, like I'm an educator in California right now, and I have third graders coming up to me and talking about having an anxiety attack and, and feeling, and sixth graders feeling really overwhelmed. And 
at least when I was in school, that was not talked about at all. I know conversations with my mom when she was in school, that was not talked about at all. So it's been really beautiful to see younger students these days even have the vocab for mental health, mental illness, mindfulness, self-care. I think that's been something that I've really noticed a lot. I think also, um, you know, the only way to change the conversations about mental health and the way to talk about it is to have those conversations. And for me, it's been so incredibly humbling and inspiring to see so many young people finding their voice and then standing in a uh, an auditorium at a public event. And it's one thing to go to some, you know, it, it, it's... <laughs> They often have some mental health professional come and give a one day talk at their school. And, you know, I'm not in any way saying that they're great mental health professionals, but having it come from a young person's voice, this makes such a difference. Um, so it's really exciting to see more and more people talking, as Julia said, just being comfortable with sharing their, their truth. Yeah. How does the nonprofit help your own healing process? Yeah, um, I think I definitely, when I was losing my loved ones to suicide, felt very ostracized and um, just very alone in my grief. And I think being able to create a community where others have felt the same, also super alone in their grief, because um, losing anyone is incredibly, incredibly hard and tragic. And with suicide because of the stigma it's not talked about very much um i've i noticed at least and a lot of other people i've talked to have noticed as well so i think finding others who have gone through a similar form of loss um, and creating a place where we could collectively lean on one another and and heal and just talk about the ache and pain of it um but then also our real passion to continue on even amidst so much hurt um, I think was really has been really healing and really um, helpful for me in my healing process I think also seeing so many people who experience so many different levels of hardship um, wanting to help spread beauty and hope in their communities whether it's through storytelling whether it's through planting hope gardens whether it's through writing poems or playing music that's about the Altula project or about destigmatizing mental illness think that fight for the good fight has been really, really healing as well. And I think I also just carry my friends that I've lost with me every day. And they both dedicated so much of their love and life to helping other people. And in a way through this project, I'm able to honor their legacy as they can continue to help other people heal as well and find community. So it's definitely been an incredibly healing place and community and I think one thing also with suicide and loss as a whole is that it's never the ache and hurt obviously is never gone um but being around and, and sharing time with people who understand that um that alone that recognition is really healing too and yeah. just validating and I, yeah. I'm just going to qu quickly jump in but um you know, there's no question. It's these are pretty hard and heavy times right now. It's there's so much going on in our own lives in the world at large. But um, for me, 
I would see all the ambassador applications that come in and young people who are ready to just jump in and, and tired of silence and are inspired by our message. And uh, like we have a, a, you know, day by day, bulb by bulb, by, by bulb by bulb. I really do feel like we are making a difference. And if you just peek at the photos on our website, the people from all walks of life who are just jumping in and spreading our message and planting gardens and spreading hope and talking about their stories, that is how change happens. And so for me, this is really, you know, if I feel a little blue or a little carrying something heavy, and then I look at these photos that come in of just mm -hmm. 10-year-olds getting their hands dirty, planting their garden, talking about hope, it's just like, oh yeah, we're, we're, we're doing something right. It's going to be okay. Yeah. How important is uh, empathy when you're talking to someone going through a tough time? Oh, I'm jumping in first, and then you go, Julia. I mean, it's all it's all about empathy. I just think empathy is it's even when people are awkward and don't know what to say, just being able to sit with somebody. I've been with so many people that. I don't feel, I feel awkward. People aren't comfortable talking about some of these topics, so they don't say anything. And I always say, just say I'm here for you if you need a shoulder to lean on. You can't fix something. You can just stand by somebody and know that you're there and know that you care. So empathy, we need a lot more empathy across the board. And I think empathy is like kind of key to our community is that it really is a beautiful connected community of people that are getting involved with what we do. So sorry, Joy, I just jumped in on that one because I, no, we, I I feel really that is key. That's it. Yeah, I think you summed it up <laughs> beautifully. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And with creating the nonprofit, what have you learned from each other? That's a great question. Oh. Let's see. Um, I think I think one thing I've learned is that I'm very much my mother's daughter. <laughs> um, I think something that I really admire about you, mom, <laughs> is your like creativity and ability to see outside of the box. And I think as a 15-year-old, I was able to, at a young age, really... Um, learn about my creativity as well and my like creative thinking and I think collectively we are a very powerful uh empathetic force of good I want to say because I think we um take our own experiences and then work with our own hardships and try to make the world a better place in our own ways and I think we've I've working with you I've learned that we both um don't necessarily just want to do what's easy we want to do what's most healing for ourselves and our community so I think I've definitely seen that um our our minds together think of really interesting and unique projects which has been a really exciting thing to learn together popcorning to you okay my turn um I would say that um this has just been one of the biggest gifts honestly to um create something with my daughter to just we just charged in with such passion to make a difference 
and working together, our, our mantra was, why not? Why not try? We have no idea what we're doing. We, I've never run a nonprofit. We had never, but we were just so passionate about stepping into something, get messy and learn and grow. And the fact that um, we did it and now it's just got to, we put up a scaffolding and it's really exciting to see what we've created and where it's going. Um, so that's been one of the most like a, a special experiences for me to do something with Julia and to grow together. Just a quick side note as, you know, as a parent, who had absolutely no idea that my daughter was suffering from any mental health issues. I've learned so much as a parent when I found out when she was 15, a parent, you just want to put your cape on, fly in, fix everything, put the Band-Aid on the boo-boo and make it all okay. And beyond the Yellow Tour Project, as a mother and daughter team, I was just trying to fix everything. And Julia said, Mom, don't fix it, just be with me. And we've learned together of how to we've tripped and fall tripped and fallen we've whatever <laughs> we got messy and we have had hard bumps along the way but gosh have I learned from Julia how to be with somebody and that has been such a gift also of just it was new terrain new terrain for me and I don't think I'm alone as a parent who don't know how to help their child mm -hmm. Thanks, Mama. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> How does it feel to be helping people? That's awful. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go first on this, but I assume it's the same. I mean, I used to say every day to my kids when they'd get on the bus, be good, be kind, make a difference in the world in some small way. I mean, you can't go fix these huge geopolitical crises that we're having but if you can just be that person that you smile and make somebody connect if you can do one small thing every day that makes a difference in somebody's life then it's a good day so for me it's the fuel that um keeps me going it's so part of who i am and i know julia says trickle down julia you can pop going over but it feels good yeah, I think um, I love that. And I, yeah, I really agree. I think, I think one of my like life callings um, is to be of service to other people and to try to help people. Um, and I think it's just um, very fulfilling work. And I think also I wish that when I was, 12 or 13 or 14 or 15 I had a community space where I could work on healing and connect with other people and so in a way while I help others I feel that I'm able to help like the inner child in me as well um, which is sweet and I also think one of the biggest things that I've learned with helping people especially in a field that is very um, emotional is like in order to help people I need to help myself first um, and I think something that my therapist a few years ago said is like that metaphor of when you're on the airplane you have to put your own oxygen mask on first before helping someone else and I think that's been really um, 
beneficial to me. And I think I'm able to give more love and, and, and extend more care when I'm coming from a stronger place in myself as well. So it's like this cyclical relationship, helping other people helps me feel better and helping myself feel better. helps me give more authentic care as well. Um, but it's definitely very, very fulfilling work. I just have to piggyback on what Julia said. It took me a lot longer than Julia to understand the importance of self-care because I was taking care of everything else and forgetting to take care of myself. And it was through Julia who got me hooked on a morning daily practice of journaling every morning. I actually start my day. I used to start my day by just reading bad news and jumping in. And now I actually light a candle. I get my journal. I, I do a little meditation, yoga, and I give myself even 15 minutes just to center myself and to take care of myself because I know there's a lot that, you know, the work is about hope and community, but it's also, it's, it's there's layers of intensity and sadness to this work too. And um, just giving self-care is just, as Julia said, is just really important. So where do you want to see the organization, say, in the next three to five years? Um, I want to just see it continuing to positively impact so many communities and individuals' lives. Um, I think also even just one life saved um, is incredible work. So I think while we want to go big I think going big means like just making the most positive impact in as many people's lives as we can um I think we I'm personally interested in helping um create more um getting into more elementary and middle schools as because I said that that's when a lot of my problems my struggles began so I would like to see our work in more middle schools um I would love to see it move more to the West Coast too. It's definitely countrywide, but more on the East Coast. And I think if there's a way to, to spread it over here as well. But I think just honestly, very much continuing what we're doing, um, but spreading into more communities and learning from and with more communities on how to best support people in all different walks of life as well. Well, I, I'm... I'm chiming in because I'm actually calling in from Edinburgh, Scotland, where I'm doing a master's degree in global mental health. And we're planting our first hope garden here on campus in a couple weeks. And I would love for people to see a yellow tulip all over the United States, any, any garden, any community say, oh yeah, that's that, that's reminds me of hope. That reminds me of community. So Yes, I'd like to stick true to our message and do it thoughtfully and organically. But if I'm thinking big, like I would love to see uh, a youth summit in Holland at the Tulip Festival in a couple of years. And I'd love to see mm -hmm. just anybody know, any young person know that I can reach out. It's okay. It's I, I just love the stigma. I'd love for us to say, I'd love for us to not have to say smash the stigma. I'd love the stigma to be smashed. So yeah. people can just say, oh, I'm having a hard time with my depression. Oh, I'm having a hard time with my, you know, flu symptom. So that's our ultimate goal. And hopefully we'll get there sooner than later. 
That's a great answer. <laughs> <laughs>